0: we just look forward to heaven how often do we do we just think about heaven because i, I want us to contend that we need to think more about heaven if we think more about heaven it's going to change everything in our lives it's going to change every way every way that we interact with people it's going to change the way that we see life it's going to affect the way that we live life because heaven is what it's all about isn't it I mean, in terms of every discussion we might be able to have, everything's going to come down to this fact. Am I going to be with my God and my Savior in that eternal abode for all, for, for all of eternity? Am I going there? You see, if I, if I am, it changes everything. And if I'm not, it changes everything too. I'm going there, right? And, and, and you're going to say, I'm going there too. Because that's what it's all about. We can be excited about that. We can think about that. We can dwell upon that. We can meditate upon that. And I would contend that that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. He doesn't want us to lose sight of, this, of, the, of the idea of heaven. In, in John chapter 13, it's a passage that's familiar to us, but, but it, it's a time that's really upsetting. It's upsetting to the disciples because Jesus has gone to Jerusalem and he's trying to help his disciples to understand. He's about to die. He's about to be crucified. And you have to understand th- th- this is this is basic stuff to us, right? That Jesus goes and he dies on the cross and he's resurrected three days later, and he ascends back into heaven, and then and then the church is established, the fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah two and Joel two and and all of these things, this kingdom that 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 that, that, that shall stand forever. I mean it's pretty basic Bible stuff that basic Bible stuff that we get because we've been taught that all of our life because we look at it from from the end instead of from the beginning they didn't understand that they didn't understand it they were a part of this movement and in their minds the movement that Jesus Christ was leading them in was still very much an earthly movement and they struggled with that even more than we struggled with that and so we come to John we come to John chapter 14 or actually John chapter 13 and Jesus Brings them into that upper room. And they, and they have the, the Lord's Supper for the very first time, right? It's the Passover feast, but they're having the Lord's Supper. And Jesus says, this is going to be the last time we're going to do this. Well, what do you mean this is going to be the last time? You ever been with a relative? Maybe on one of those holidays? Maybe it was your grandmother or your grandfather? Or maybe your parent and, and somebody and they made the comment, you know, this will probably be the last time we'll get together as a family. What... What was your reaction? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I mean, I wish you'd quit talking that way, right? Because I plan on being here and I plan on you being here. And, and if we don't say it, it just makes us really uncomfortable. And Jesus, Jesus says, no, that's, that's what's going to happen. And I'm trying to be real upfront with you and I'm trying to prepare you for this. And, and He says, as a matter of fact, one of you guys is going to betray me. Right? One of you guys who's left everything to follow me in my, in my inner circle you're going to betray me. And they're looking around. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? I mean, it's not, it's not going to be me, right? Even, it's kind of, it's almost humorous. Even Judas says, Oh, no, it won't, it won't be me, Lord, right? And so they're, they're trying to understand these things. And, and Peter, Peter rebukes him, right? Peter says, this is, this is not going to happen. Over my dead body, this is going to happen. And Jesus, you know, tells him to, 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 to get behind him. And we come to chapter 14. It's in that context. That Jesus says this. He says, "Do not let your heart be troubled. See, there are so many things to trouble us and upset and upset us, and we could go around the room and everybody's got one. Most of us have more than one. Most of us have stuff that we're upset about right now, right? I mean, we just do because we live life that way, and that's what they were in Jesus, says, do not let your heart be troubled. I want to bring some perspective into your life. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, even if you're trying to process for the very first time that Jesus, the Son of God, deity in the flesh, is about to be crucified by, 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 the, by the Jewish leaders and the Roman government, and everything that I thought was going to happen isn't going to happen, even if that's what you're dealing with. And I doubt that most people are dealing with that for the very first time in this room. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. What's he talking about? He's talking about heaven. Right? He's saying, "I know that you're scared. I know that you don't understand. I know that this is unpleasant, and I want to remind you. I'm not just going to go. We're not just suffering to suffer. All these things—they're not just happening So these—it's going somewhere. Heaven is where it's going. Heaven is where I'm going, and I'm coming back because I'm going to bring you back because we are going to heaven. I can't lose sight of that." When I lose my job, I have to keep keeping my mind, but I'm going to heaven. When a relationship falls apart, I have to keep in mind, but I'm going to heaven. When we face death itself, I have to never forget, yeah, but I'm going to heaven. It changes everything. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Let's talk more about heaven. The next time we have a get-together at your house or at my house, can we, can... let's take a moment, let's just talk about heaven. Don't talk about the Dallas Cowboys and their historic comeback that's going on right now while I'm preaching because um, they were getting smashed before I got up here to preach. Okay, that's, never, I, that's not, Let's just talk about heaven. What's it going to be like, buddy, one day when me and you are in heaven? See, we don't talk about those things very much. And I don't really know why we don't talk about those things. Because really, that's what it's all about. What's it going to be like? You know, who's in heaven now? Who's there? Who are the people that you know are there? Biblically and throughout your own, I, I think those things change our life. When I get focused like that. So the question that, that I want us to have tonight is what do we have in heaven? What do I have here in this world? Because I'm saying that this is what life is all about, right? And we're all going, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. This is what life is all about. So the question becomes, am I putting this life, the things of this world, into heaven? What do I have in heaven, even at this moment? Well, number one, I have my citizenship. Isn't that what Paul was saying there in Philippians chapter 3? For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's my allegiance. And as much as it's been ingrained within us that I am an American, and that's an awesome thing, Paul was a Roman, which in his time was the equivalent of saying, I'm an American, with all of the rights and the privileges that that, that are entailed with that. Paul understood what that meant. He even appealed to that on multiple occasions. He he used that to his advantage to, to spread the gospel. But he said, at the end of the day, I'm not a Roman. I'm not a Jew. My citizenship, my allegiance, it's in heaven. Do I take the time to reflect upon the fact that my citizenship is in heaven? That there is a book of life. There is a book of life. And in that book of life, There are names that are written of very real people and very real souls who have lived all throughout a very real existence. And in that book, in some spiritual place, and I don't know, I don't understand everything about that, but I understand this. In that book, that is in heaven itself, it is written my name. Wesley Hazel's name, Dustin Perkins' name. Kelsey Harris's name, Steve Carnell's name, is written there. That just... Put your name there. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? There are people that that's what it's all about. My citizenship is in heaven. And I, I love... Listen, I, I love this world. I love this world. I love a lot of things about this world. I enjoy this world. But at the end of the day, there are things that are greater than this world. There are things that are greater than even the greatest pleasures of this world. Isn't that that's what Solomon understood, right? When he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And every one of us in this room knows that. But every one of us in this room have forgotten that from time to time. Because we get sucked in to the idea that this world is our home. No. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. This world is not my home. Well, where is your home? My home. Not Savannah, Tennessee. My home is not anymore my mama is. Sykeson, Missouri. Ultimately, my home is in heaven. And I need to focus my life in that. I need to, I need to focus my life when it comes to the things that I do and the things that I teach. You know, the gospel... The gospel is this powerful tool. Sometimes people people preach a message from God that can only be preached in certain places. Have You ever thought about that? Sometimes people, and within our world today, you know, people talk about the prosperity gospel, or or they talk about wealth and health and those things, and it sounds wonderful. And you can preach that in many in many of our of our pulpits around our country. I'm saying if you took some of those sermons and you took those sermons to Haiti this week, those people would say you are a fool. Say, it's just not true. And I'm telling you that if it's not true in Savannah, Tennessee, and Haiti, and Iraq, and Nigeria at the very same time, it's not true. It's the gospel of those things that come from above, it's the things that come from God because that's where our citizenship is, that's where our allegiance is. Friends, that's, that's where our inheritance is. You ever, you ever think about an inheritance? Some of you know about inheritances. Some of you have received inheritance. Inherit, see, I'm so far from an inheritance earthly, I can't even say the word. Okay? But, but, and so some of you relate to that, right? But you ever think, you know, one day, one day this is going to happen. One day, you know, I've got this money that's coming to me, or I've got this position that's coming to me, and one day my ship is going to come in, and and we think about those things, and sometimes, sometimes our lives are driven by those things, and sometimes people make decisions about careers and finances that are dependent upon one day somebody is going to give me something, and that may or may not happen, right? That rich uncle that you never knew. I mean, it, I don't know. It may happen. We got an inheritance once. We got $20,000. That's maybe a little personal, but that's true. For, for uh, an aunt that Shelly passed... Uh, that Ellie, Ellie that, was my, that was my other wife. But <laughs> That came from Shelley's aunt. And you know what we did with it? Man, we bought, a, we bought a car. We bought a car. And it was great and it was wonderful. And we needed that car in a really bad way. It was a white town and country, you know... You know, our first minivan, and we were so proud of it. And you know what happened? It's junk. I don't have it anymore. I was glad when it it left. Right? That's what happened to it. And all that money is gone. We have an inheritance that's better than $20,000, or $100,000, or a million dollars, or whatever it is that, that we're waiting on. We have an inheritance from God. This is what Peter talked about in 1 Peter chapter 1. When he talked about that we are to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and it will not fade away. And it is, watch this, it is reserved for you in heaven. It's reserved for you in heaven. And I don't know about that rich uncle that you've never met. and I don't know about that. But I can tell you that if you are a Christian, that there is, a, there is an inheritance that will never be taken away, that cannot be taken away. And it's reserved in heaven above. Does that have to change the way that we live our life. If I truly believe that there is an earthly inheritance that's coming, that's coming my way, it changes a lot of things I do. Friends, if I truly believe that there is a spiritual inheritance, an eternal inheritance, it changes my life. In heaven above is my citizenship. In heaven above is my inheritance. In heaven above is my hope. This one's huge. And here's why. Because we live in a hopeless world. We live in a hopeless world. I would be curious to know how many of you in the last six months have had a conversation with someone who didn't have any hope. I don't know the answer, but I figure that most of you, if you've talked to anybody, even if you've just talked to yourself, have probably had that conversation. I just don't see how things can get any better. You've talked to people that deal with disease, you've talked to people that are going through difficult times. And all they can see is the pain and the hurt and the anguish. Yeah, that's the world. That's the world that we live in. And if you haven't talked to someone like that, you're probably not talking to many people. If you haven't been in those conversations where where, where your thought has been, I really don't know what to say, we're going to have a series of sermons on Sunday nights very soon about what to do when there's nothing to do. Because that's one of the great... I mean, I don't see... If, if I knew what to do, I would do it. So what do you say? I mean, what do you say when you go in, when you go in and someone is going to die and there's nothing you can do about it? What do you say when someone describes, you their, 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 the, describes to you their situation and you think, Wow, that really is bad. What do you do? I don't know what you do. But I know what you can talk about. In any situation, you can talk about hope, and that does not make you naive. It does not mean that you're underestimating the difficulties of life. It means that you understand something bigger. It means that your focus is not in this world. It's not, it's not saying you're not living it, but that your ultimate focus is not in the pain and the suffering and whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. Because the ultimate focus is on eternity. Our hope. Paul wrote in Colossians 1 and verse 5 when he said, It is because of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the Word of Truth, the Gospel. When you heard the Gospel, when you heard the good news, when you heard about Christ's sacrifice, when you heard about His redemption, when you heard about about His better way, when you heard about the path that leads to life. You mean there's a path that leads to life? Because I didn't see anything but darkness. Yeah, there's a path that leads to life. I can talk about hope. But there are lots of things in life I can't. I wish I could talk about how life's going to get better. I don't know. It may not. It, it really may not. It may all work out in this life, but it may not. Countless people in the Bible. You read that great hall of faith in Hebrews chapter eleven. And so many of them worked out really well. And then you come to the end and you hear about some heroes of the faith. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says they were murdered. They were sawn in two. I mean, it was horrific deaths that they faced. But there's hope. Because this life is not the end of the story. Heaven is the end of the story. And don't ever write a book. Don't ever live a life. That we, that we lose sight of that. That we lose sight of our hope. Our hope, and you say, I don't know where it's at. It's in heaven. Put your thoughts, put your, put your life, put your focus on heaven. Heaven is the place where my treasure resides. Isn't that what Jesus was saying there in Matthew chapter 6? When He says, Do not, do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust, destroy, or thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust is stored, and where thieves do not break in and steal. This is what we were talking about this morning, right? About about how we honor God. But we do more than that. He says we're taking our earthly things and laying them up ahead. I know we said, well, there are no U-Hauls and you can't take it with you, but there is another sense in which you very well can take it with you. You very well can honor God and take your possessions and in some shape form or fashion lay them up in heaven above That's what Jesus that's what Jesus is saying here That's what Paul talked about when he wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 6 about people being generous and ready to share He said that when they do that they are storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so they may take hold of that which is life indeed What's he talking about? He's talking about heaven. What we do with our physical things affects our spiritual reality. We, we have to understand that. Why shouldn't you take all, all of your possessions and just put it into this world? Because this world is not your home. And that car or that house or those clothes, moth and rust, will destroy them. Eventually it will destroy them. But when I invest them, when I honor God with them, when I worship God with those things, when I support those good works. Listen, these men that are going to Haiti, that doesn't happen without, without some possessions being invested in it. Right? So why would you do that? Why, why wouldn't you go buy a new pickup truck? Why wouldn't you take a family vacation? And there's nothing wrong with having a pickup truck or a family vacation. I like both those things. There has to be some sort of sacrifice for these things to happen because there are things that are more important. I love the illustration of the Confederate money and the man who who had so much Confederate money. He was what we might think about as as a billionaire, but all of his money was Confederate money. What did that that mean? That meant that during the Civil War, he could buy anything that he wanted. He had lots of money. He had the bank named after him. His name was on the wall at the bank. And he knew that the war was going to end and it was going to end badly. He knew that some way, some shape, some form, some fashion. And he had an opportunity to convert his money over into American dollars and send them on to the North. Send them to the Yankees. Or they'd be waiting for him after the war. What should that man do? Should he just keep all his money in Confederate dollars and wait to the end of the war when they would be worthless? That's not very smart, is it? Jesus says, don't do that. Keep what you need to live on. Keep what you need for, for yourself. But, but you make some investments in a world that is not in this world. And there's so many of you who have treasures. And so many of we have treasures in this world. That's not what I'm saying. But you have laid up treasures that are beyond this world. That's what Jesus is talking about. When we do that, it affects the way that we live our life, our family that is in heaven. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, Paul wrote these words He said, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You know, the greatest thing about heaven is that Jesus is going to be there, and, and I hope and I pray that we never lose sight of that. It disturbs me sometimes the depictions of heaven where Jesus isn't a part of the picture. <laughs> Jesus ought to be the picture. But secondary to that, there are people in heaven. There are people in that eternally bold. There are people in that paradise that are that are going to be there. Does that affect the way I live my life? Can I dwell upon those things, who who are we going to see in heaven, Buzzy? Who's going to be there? People that we know, people that we love, people that we've worshipped with. My grandfather's going to be in heaven. One of them. I look forward to that. There's some things that I'd like to know. As much as, as much as I'd like to sit at the feet of Moses and say, I'd like to know some things. I'd like to talk to my grandfather about some spiritual things. I just want to know the answer to them. Yeah. Who are you looking forward to seeing in heaven? There are people you've never met. I think about women who have lost children. And I, and I know those things used to be so much more common, but they're still common today. They're children that you have never met. Do you know where those children are? They're in heaven, and it kind of blows my mind to consider it. But if we can't get excited about that, then you probably haven't gone through that. They're in heaven. They're our loved ones. How many? How many of our of our men? If, if if you if you got to visit with James Arnold much over the last several years before he passed away, you know what he always said, don't you? You know, you know, I want to go to heaven. Why do you want to go to heaven? My wife is there. Right? She's there. I, I mean, I'm not just having a death wish or anything, but I'm ready to go. Yeah. There are families in this world. There's also our family that's in heaven. That great reunion that we could probably spend an entire lesson on. But I'm just telling us that when we dwell upon those things... That changes the way that we live. It changes the way that we live. There was a great elder and leader in the church. We lived in Middle Tennessee, and he passed away. And I just, re- I just remember what he told his two sons, two Christian men. He said, Whatever you do with the rest of your life, you make sure that you get to where I'm going. And I can't think. Of many words that could affect somebody's life more than that. You make sure that you get where I'm going. He said, I know where I'm going. I want you to be there too. I want my wife to be there. I want my children to be there. Heaven is a place of our reward. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. I read something to some effect this week, one of those Facebook comments. But they said, if we're walking around all the time, griping and complaining with a sourpuss look on our face, just upset at the world, then we're doing Christianity wrong. I think there's a lot of truth in that. Man, if I can't get excited, if I can't get excited about heaven... It's not that I'm in denial of reality, but I'm saying we got some stuff to be excited about. Jesus says, I want you to rejoice. When was the last time that you rejoiced? And I know we rejoice in different ways. I get that. But whatever way you rejoice, do it. Be happy about those things. Find joy in those things. Find joy. Be glad. Why? You tell me why I should be happy. You tell me why I should be glad. Okay, I'll tell you. For your reward in heaven is great. That's a trump card. That's a trump card. You, ever, you play cards and you think somebody else had a, had a big hand and you, and you couldn't overcome it, and then somebody just throws it down. Right? That's what Jesus does. He just throws it down. No matter what we say, I, I, that's the card. You're not going to beat that. There's nothing that happens to me or to you or anyone in our life that that, that compares with heaven. It, Jesus, Paul makes this this I mean, outlandish statement. If it wasn't true, when he says that the sufferings of this life are not even worthy to be compared to the greatness that is to be revealed, you're saying that it's not even worthy for me. From yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not a commentary on how easy life is. Friends, that's a commentary on how great heaven is. Let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about it with our families. Let's talk about it with our brethren. Let's talk about it with our friends, with our coworkers. Let's talk about it when we invite people to come and worship with us. Listen, we are, a group of he- we are a group of people and we're going to heaven. And it's not just a place that just I get to go to or just you get to go to. We're trying to take as many people as we can. That's why Jesus died. He didn't die because He wanted to die. He died so that we could go to heaven. And I don't know what we face tonight. I don't know what you face. I know we're all facing stuff. I know we've all got life and that stuff that I don't have the answers to. I really, I wish I did, but I don't. But I know that we have a Savior that died so that we could overcome anything. Any fear. Any struggle. Any temptation. Any situation. Yeah, even that one. Whatever you're thinking. Even that one. So that one day, we could be together and we could leave this world that's filled with our messed up lives and all of our struggles and all of our hardships and we get to leave this place. And we're going to go to a place where those things aren't going to exist. Those things aren't going to exist. Those tears are not going to be there. That cancer is not going to be there. Those ugly people, they're not going to be there. On and on. Whatever it is, they're not, it's not, it is not going to be there. It's not going to exist there. And we can be together as the body of Christ. Not in this world, but in heaven. Friends, Jesus wants you to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. This body wants you to go to heaven. And if you don't feel that, if you don't have that blessed assurance, if you don't have that confidence that I'm begging you, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus Christ that you would put aside the things that are keeping the joy out of your life. That you'd throw down that card and say, listen, I'm going to heaven and that changes everything. Why don't you come to heaven with us? Why don't you do it? Start that journey. Get back on that journey. Be baptized, have your sins washed away, be a part of the body, so that when the Lord comes again in the sky, you'll be His child that He's calling home. Why don't you come tonight as we stand and as we sing? Yeah.